Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. It's sort of that time of the year, isn't it, when we, we start back at things. School starts back, uh, work kicks back off, we, we start signing up to those extracurricular activities, sporting teams and clubs and try and get back into you know, fitness stuff. Or, you know, it's trying to get those sort of habits, routines sort of started back. For some of us, men's ministry kicked off yesterday. Hands up, who was at the men's brekkie? Hey, there's a few. Awesome. Um, you know, that's, those sort of things start going back and you, you're just trying to get into that, that habit. Um, some people's years you know, started very differently. Uh, Luke and Sarah had a little girl, which was pretty cool. Uh, things changed differently. Have you ever thought this year, I want to change maybe your weight? And you thought, I'm going to, have a, I'm going to go on a diet. This is the year. You don't have to put your hands up, but, you know, it's like, this is the year. And you thought, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to change my... I know people who, whose goal this year at the gym is to put on weight. They want to put on some kilos of muscle or whatever else. Some people want to lose it. Some people want to put it on. Well, the studies actually show that diets long-term aren't actually the best thing to do. The reason that, for that case is because a diet in its design is to say, you stop eating or you eat more until you reach this point. And once you hit that point, the diet's job is done. So what do you do? You stop the diet. And what happens? <laughs> you go to the chocolate shop. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you start eating the way that you used to eat and you put or lose the weight on, depending on what your diet was for. Sometimes when it comes to our faith journey, this year we go, I want to be closer to God. I want to serve God more. I want to be more faithful. I want to depend on him more. I want to hear from him more. I want to be led by him more. And we treat our relationship with God like a diet. Okay, I'm going to go real intense. I'm going to starve myself of all this stuff. I'm just going to read the Bible for 22 hours a day and I'll pray for the other four. It's going to be great. 24? Two? Yeah. Don't give me numbers. I don't do maths well. But you know what I mean? Like You just go, I'm going to go real intense, but we sort of set ourselves up for a, a fail. The research shows, actually, if you want to change weight, it's actually a lifestyle change that will help you. You're better off to say, Do you know what, I'm going to go for a walk with a friend every Monday. And in doing that, there's some accountability. It's good for your head, it's good for your heart, it's good for your social life. You might get a day like today and you go, we probably won't go for a walk too far. We might go to the ice cream shop. <laughs> we might go to the coffee shop. still good for your head. Still good for your social life. It's still good for your, your mental health. But the next week, you know, you go for a, go for a walk. And the, the byproduct of a lifestyle change of, hey, I walk with my friend, is the byproduct is, oh, you're doing some Ks. And you start to look a bit better. Today we're going to look at scripture of how we can actually have a lifestyle change that will help our faith. It's not a diet, it's not a quick fix thing, it's something that we can work on to actually go, God, where are you calling us to go this year? As individuals and as a church, how are you calling us out and how can we change our lifestyle to, to be more faithful to you, to, to depend on you more, 
to trust you more in each and every day. And if you want to live a life of faith in Jesus Christ this year, then today's message is for you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that as we open up Scripture, that you would reveal to us what you have for us for this year. That you would reveal to us as individuals and as your church, as the body of Christ, as we move forwards, what you want us to do. And God, with open hands and open hearts, we ask that you would speak to us where we need to hear it the most. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today's uh, passage of Scripture is found in Mark 4. If you've got your Bibles or on your phone, you want to read it there. Um, Mark 4, verse 35. It'll be on the screen as well. And, And the book of Mark sort of starts with... Jesus speaking to a crowd. This is towards the end of that talk. And he's speaking to the crowd, and the crowd gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where he goes, I'm sort of getting pushed into the water because he's near a lake. And he's like, my feet are getting wet. What are we going to do? And so he gets on a boat, and they take the boat out a little way away from the crowd so he can sort of see everyone, and and he continues to, to speak some incredible wisdom. It's pretty early in his ministries. He's just called his disciples, but they've already seen some incredible things. The disciples are still pretty young in their journey, as we'll we'll hear. They're a bit naive, and he tells them off. Um, But this is this incredible story about what Jesus does uh, when he's finished speaking to the crowd. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, that they took him along. And just as he was, uh, was in the boat, there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. This is a big storm. Water's going over the side of the boat, and the boat is filling with water. This is a scary moment. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? But he got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then when the wind died down, it was completely calm. So we've gone from a storm where waves are crashing in and the boat is filling with water to dead calm. The disciples... He said to his disciples, why are you afraid? If I was a disciple, I'd be like, "Um, water? Boat's about to sink? But Jesus asked, why are you afraid? Do you still have, and this is pretty harsh words, do you still have no faith? No faith. They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. We've heard this story, if you've grown up in the church, about how Jesus calms the storm. And often we hear an angle that that in the storms of life, Jesus comes and calms the storm. But often we miss the very first part of this passage. And so this is the ABCs of faith as we kick off the year. The first thing when it comes to to faith in Christ is to realise that Jesus has called us to things. A is actually accepting God's plan. In Mark 4.35, Jesus said, let us go to the other side. He's saying go. He's not saying, hey, what do you guys think? It's not collaborative. It's not an option. He's saying to them, let's go. 
It's, it's a command. It's a direction. It's a call. And each and every one of us have a call this year. For some of us, it's, hey, go and be a good student. Go and be a good husband. Go and be a good wife. Go and be a good, good child. We've got some kids here. Now, Ten Commandments. Honour your mother and father. Go and do that. For some of you, it might be looking at retirement. Go and retire well. That's hard. For some people, it's easy. It's like, woohoo, see you later. Other people, when it's been your life, you know, invested into something, to retire from that is really hard. For others, it's, hey, go and use your gifts to serve God in the local church. Get involved in ministry. Get involved in serving. Get involved in helping out, either, either in the upfront roles or behind the scenes. Use your gifts. Go. Firstly, we've got to accept that God has placed something in our hearts and in our lives, each and every one of us. Go and be light and salt in our workplace. Be known for the way that you love. Go. B is believe. A is accept. B is believe. Believe that he will make a way. Mark 4, in verse 38, the, the, the disciples question him. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion, and the disciples wake and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And how often do we question where God has called us? Sometimes we question the, the, the process of getting where God has called us. It's like this. It's, it's like if Jesus said, Hey, Tim, I want you to walk to the back of the church. And you go, Okay. And Jesus goes, No, I want you to go that way. It's like, but... Easy. You know, no, this way. And you go, but you really care, Jesus? This is weird. This is weird. What's going on? The oldies, you know, some of our older members won't like if I'm standing on the pews. Like, what are you doing? And, and in that space, we see that, that the disciples are like, Jesus, don't you care we're going to drown? Tim's preaching from a pew in the middle of the church. This is weird. It's not normal. People are feeling uncomfortable as if I'm going to point them out or something. <laughs> I'll stop it. But, but sometimes it's like that, isn't it? We want the destination, but we want to get there our way. We don't believe that God, God will be able to lead us. We, we want to take control. And as soon as we get pressed in our, in our comfort zones, we go, no, 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 no. Anybody been prompted by the Holy Spirit to speak to someone that you didn't know? Could be a visitor in the church. It's tricky, isn't it? Especially if you're an introvert. You're like, oh, man. What if they say something? What if they ask a question? What if they, what if they ask me something and I don't have the answer? <sighs> you accept that, hey, I feel like I'm being called, but I don't trust God in the process. I remember a, a number of years ago, um, I was, it was at the gym and I was sort of, you know, was getting cleaned up after having a workout and, and um, I was just... You know, getting ready for work and sort of in those sort of final stages, just getting stuff out of my locker. And another guy was there who had seen it at the gym before. And I felt like God wanted me to say, G'day to this guy. And it's pretty weird. You're in, in the, the locker room at a gym. It's like, mm, I don't know if I really want to be starting conversations here. This is a bit odd. Anyway, I said to this guy, because I felt convicted and I sort of pushed through the insecurities and said, Hey, um, how you doing? I've seen you working out here, you know, like, yeah, you know. What did you work out today? Which is sort of usual gym talk of, you know, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing chest, you know. Um, that's the usual conversations. And I said, you know, like, yeah. And we sort of started this conversation. And, he, and his first reply was this. He said, I've been coming here for six months. 
and you're the first person to talk to me. It's like, man. The two parts to it, number one was I was like, oh, relieved that he didn't ask a weird question. But two, it's like, man, when you're obedient to God, you've got to trust that, that, that he will make a way, that he's gone before, that he's prepared a path. And sometimes he knows that it's going to be a tricky path because there was a danger there that we didn't see. There was something, there was a conversation that he wanted us to have. There was an opportunity or a challenge for us to develop in, in our walk with him and the walk with others. That if we didn't trust him, we wouldn't see. Which actually goes on to the sea of faith, and that's continue the course. A is, a is accept, B is believe, and C is continue. Because when you continue the course, that's when we get to see God's hand at work. Like when I spoke to that guy at the gym. For the disciples in Mark chapter 4, Jesus gets up, he got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down, it was completely calm. See, if the disciples decided to turn back, they wouldn't have seen the miracle. If the disciples decided, hey, nah, we're not going there, we're doing something else. They went to Jesus, which is a good thing, but they went with their insecurities, not their faith. But they continued the course and Jesus made a way where there seemed to be no way, but the disciples had to do an action. I want you to know that this year there are going to be storms. Jesus never said it was going to be easy. He said, in this world you'll have trouble. In this life you're going to have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. There's going to be storms, there's going to be troubles, there's going to be times when we feel like we're being led in, in different directions this year. And that's okay if God has called us to the destination. He will get us there. In Matthew chapter 8, we read a, a piece of history about a Roman centurion. And the Roman centurion, just to give you a bit of a background, to frame this a little bit, remember Romans, are, if, you, if we're black and white in, this, in that point of history, Romans are the baddies. You've got the Jews, which are, you know, Jerusalem and Israel has been occupied by Rome. They've come in and conquered the place. And Rome have their own gods, their own structure. A lot of the politics and Roman soldiers, there's corruption within the taxation system. There's things that are going horrifically uh, um, mistreating of others and consequences for actions. There's, there's bad things going in. On in this place, they have their own gods, their own religious structure. And of course, Caesar is the ultimate authority. And so in this passage of scripture, this time in history, we see a Roman centurion. And this Roman centurion goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I've got a servant that is really, really sick would you come and heal him? And Jesus goes, of, of course, show me where he is. And the Syrian centurion says, oh, no, you don't understand. See, so I have leadership. I have authority. I tell somebody to go and they go. I tell somebody to come and they come. I tell somebody to do this and they do this. So I know that you have authority. And if you say the word that my servant will be healed. Now, in the Tim Walter inversion, you know, version of this, Jesus is fully staggered. He's just like, what? And he says this, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. I haven't seen such incredible faith in all of Israel. He's got the disciples on one hand. He's already done some incredible miracles. And now in the, they're in the boat. He's going, you've got no faith. What are you doing? Like, I said we're going to go. Don't you trust me yet? And then you've got a centurion that's sort of come out of the blue that, that knows, obviously knows of Jesus, but, but has such great faith in him that he says, you just say the word and I know it's done. 
And Jesus goes, what you, ask, what you have asked for will be granted. And the moment that he said that, the servant was healed. Now, the centurion didn't know that because there's no text messages back then. You can't go, yeah, hey, they're all good. It's great. There's no phone call to say, yeah, it's done. They're all good now. He's now got to walk. He's got to believe. He's got to have faith. And he's got to walk home only to find out that Jesus had done what he said he was. He accepted that Jesus had the authority. He believed that he could do it, and he continued the course. And it wasn't until he got home that he realized that Jesus had set the destination and did what he said he was going to do. We want to have faith like the centurion. We want to have faith that, hey, this is messy, this is awkward, this is tricky, but, but Jesus will make a way. A number of years ago, I was ministering in Sydney, and we had a, a, a retired pastor in our church. I'm going to call him Pastor Don. And Don was um, a mighty man of God, but he was probably only in church for about six months of the year because what Don would do is he would go and do interim ministries at other churches. One of his, um, his beautiful heart was that he would help pastors that needed a holiday or were on long service leave. And he would go in for, for a month or, or 10 weeks and just go and love the church and care for them and preach and pastoral care and, and just did an amazing job. He did some lay preaching around the place. It's a beautiful heart. But everywhere he went, he had his wife, faithful for 40 or 50 years beside him, just, just serving God. One of his little side hustles was he would get uh, secondhand or broken down lawnmowers or chainsaws or whippersnippers, and he would, would fix them up and sell them and give the money to missions. And of everybody I've ever known, and I know Peter Deutscher pretty well, I've never seen so many lawnmowers in a shed. Like this, just wall to wall, front to back, just lawnmowers everywhere, just like insane. But this beautiful, godly, uh, incredibly generous, kind, gentle-hearted man. Uh, Don's wife got a really aggressive case of dementia. And instantly the world changed. He couldn't go and minister anywhere. He was primary caregiver for his wife. And within about two years, uh, she passed away. And I don't need notes for this because it stuck with me to my very core. I've never had to look back at the text message because the message that I got from him had the, you know, some of the information about that she'd passed away, but had this line that she has gone to be the one with the one who loved her more than I ever could. Here he is in his deepest, darkest, most grief-stricken space and because he believed in Jesus, he believed that when Jesus created us, he created us to be in relationship with him. And that even though that we mess up, we know that he made a way to be restored through the cross. And because Jesus died on the cross, we can be saved and we get to spend an eternity with God. He believed it. He accepted it. And even in his general day-to-day -day life, he continued to, to, to put God first, to honour God, even in a text message. And even in a space of grief, he is impacting people for the kingdom. Isn't that the kind of faith that we want to have? That in our highs we honour God, in our lows we honour God. No matter what, we put God first and we honour him. And we impact others around us, not because of our abilities, just because we have faith in God. We accept his call in our life. We accept his word. We accept his truth. And we, we continue through that. Got one more story. It was about, um, I can't remember if this was, 
Christmas Day or New Year's Eve, but around about there, in the Keegan-esque space of the church, we had a... um, Nathan Malpass was here visiting. Some of you may know that name. Nathan was a member of the church going way back. And the Malpass family uh, were, were visiting, which is pretty cool. Now, Nathan's um, testimony, I won't share it in, in great detail because you know, one day we'll get him back and he can do that himself. It's a pretty incredible story. But a par- part of Nathan and Narelle and their, I don't know, seem like 12 kids, they've got a big family, <laughs> which was cool. Um, part of his story was that for a while he wandered away from God and he started playing badminton and he got pretty good at it. When I say pretty good, he was number one in Australia, uh, Commonwealth Games Olympic level athlete, like phenomenal. His story goes that he had some posters on his wall of some you know, people that he looked up to. With a few years, he was playing against them and another few years, he was beating them. Incredible story. He gets cancer and his whole world changes. He comes back to God and he pursues him and that's when he sort of came into our life and got to journey with uh, him and Narelle and Yvette and I sort of did a bit of a journey with him. But the story goes like this, that, that he was in a prayer meeting at church. We have a prayer meeting here in the parents' retreat space uh, every Thursday at 2 o'clock. We, we pray there before services, lots of prayer. K, you know, K teams pray there. We use it a lot, but there's a, a, a public prayer space there every Every Thursday at 2 o'clock, we come, we pray for the church, we pray for the city, pray for revival. It was this week, we're praying, it was a beautiful space. And there was this prayer meeting taking place at church, it was in the cafe area for this one. And there were some groups set up, there's, there's little sort of huddles of people praying, and I don't know if you've ever been to those sort of prayer meetings, but it's really messy, because everyone's sort of praying over the top of everyone, and you sort of get to that point where you don't know what le- like how loud to pray, Anyone like that? Because you go, I, I, just, I don't want to be too loud because I don't want everyone else listening in on our prayer, but, but also I've got to pray a bit loud because everyone else is praying and it's pretty noisy. And you sort of get to a point where it seems to go in waves. Everyone gets way too loud and everyone goes, oh, this is too loud and comes back down. And then you get to that point in the prayer where you don't know if you should pray. Like, are you going to pray? No, you're not going to pray. Are they praying? No, they're not praying. And someone goes, <gasps> you know, oh, they're going to pray. No, they were just breathing. Okay, should I pray? I don't know. Yeah. You get to that awkward spot in that prayer meeting. And that's what happened in this space. Now, Nathan's in one group, and across the room is another group. And in the other group, one of our older members of the church, one of the, the mighty men of God that, that you know, laid the foundation of the building that, that we're in, one of these stoic members of our congregation that's just been a foundational point of who we are for years, is sitting there in the silence. And I'm not going to dive into to um, the theology of speaking in tongues, I'm just going to tell the historical account of what took place in this moment. But quietly and to himself in that space, he started speaking quietly in tongues. In the absence of knowing what to say and in in the the noise that was going on, he didn't do it loudly, didn't need interpretation in a public setting, it was just to himself, he just started quietly speaking in, in in a language that God sort of gave him in that moment. And in all the other prayers that were taking a place across the room, Nathan hears this prayer. It was supernatural that he hears the prayer that's taking place. And in that space, he doesn't hear someone speaking in tongues. What he hears was God calling him to ministry. I have chosen you, Nathan, to go and minister to my people. 
And after that, that prayer meeting, Nathan immediately runs to the, the gentleman that's been praying in tongues and goes, thank you so much. And the, the guy's like, sure. For what? He goes, you were praying for me and for me to go into ministry. He's like, okay. He's been obedient. And, you know, we're a pretty conservative church, so speaking in tongues can be seen as like, well, what, what is that about? And, and we can preach on it, we can teach on it. But, but in this space, I want you to know someone felt convicted by God to speak something. And even though they, they, it may be like an awkward space, believed that they were called to do it, so they continued through it. And through it, Nathan was called to ministry. He went on to study at a high level and actually got top marks in theological college. He then went to minister in what, is, what was Swanson Street Church of Christ, now known as Cross Culture, the most multicultural church uh, for churches of Christ in Australia. He then went to do a church plant and now ministers up in Queensland. Like, I want to say that, that hundreds, if not thousands of people have heard the gospel, have heard God's heart, have heard the, the ministry, um, the, the opportunity to respond to Jesus and, and been able to be invested in to ministry, not only in Australia, but through Swanson Street, across the world, because somebody believed that God called him to pray and prayed in faith. The ABCs of faith for us today are this. A, will you accept God's plan for your life? Will you believe that he will make a way? Not trying to control the process, but knowing that he will get us to the, de de the destination. And will you continue the course, even in the midst of, of the, the um, anxiety or the, the tension of wanting to control that process? God has great plans for us as individuals and as a church if we put our faith in him. Let's have faith like the centurion that believe that what Jesus said is enough. Let's have faith like Don that even in the way that we live our life, we put Christ first and in doing so we can impact others. And let's have faith like Nathan and the, the man that, that was praying for him that just by simply being obedient through prayer, we can impact the life of others. Let's live a life of faith. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that this year you have called us to be your church. You've called us to be your people. And would you give us the courage to step out in faith, to pursue what you want for us and pursue what you want for your church? Would you give us the faith to be able to trust that you will make a way where we see there is no way. And in the storms of life, may we hang on to you. May we hang on to your word, hang on to your call, knowing that nothing in this world can derail us because you have overcome this world. May we live each and every day as men and women of faith, we pray. Amen. If you would like prayer or to find our seven-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.